0: what's up ghetto children now that you know welcome back it's your girl Jess Jess Be Real welcome back for another dope episode of Jess Be Real podcast today I have the pleasure of just letting you hear my wonderful voice (laughs) we're about to tie out the season so enough of me chatting let's get real hey people it's your girl just be real um so yes this is the season finale yo can't believe it season four is finito i feel like these seasons have literally just been running by each other and it's like yo did you really come up with this podcast may 20th Cause it's only like the end of 2021 and shorty, you already at like 50 something episodes and you only do it semi-weekly, which is crazy. Cause imagine if I did it weekly, it'll probably be like double the amount of fucking episodes, but even more crazy. I think what it is, is just like, we're on four seasons and it's like, we're about to go into our fifth season of Just Be Real podcast. So random round of applause for me because the consistency, I don't know if y'all know is the most hardest part. Because life happens still, and I still have to make sure I am added to those who are subscribed. I thank you who shared. I thank you to make sure I give y'all the insight and the information y'all want to hear, or at least get, let y'all get y'all through y'all work days or workouts or whatever y'all doing when y'all listen. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I have implemented bonuses this season, which has been a blessing because there's some things I don't want to talk about too long, and there's something I just want to have a brief conversation and just be a buzzing ear to have y'all have some content throughout the week. So I might just have to start doing the bonuses in between those weeks so where I don't do episodes, so y'all can at least have some content within the week, even if it's just a thought provoker. So that's something I think I'm going to start being more consistent with season five because it seems like y'all took real well to the B real bonus the first one i ever made and you know it's a good little something less than 30 minutes for y'all to just chime in real quick because y'all know i can talk my behind off if you let me and it'd be crazy because i'd be sitting here by myself just talking to y'all <laughs> but fam bam hope y'all are well hope y'all ready for this holiday season you know Christmas is coming. New Year 2022 is literally around the corner. I don't know where this year went, but it went by fast. And I think it's because we're partially still in quarantine as we were partially still outside, but still outside with, you know, precautions. Um, A little upset about that because I'm not really fond of having to wear my mask throughout an event, but I've had to do it on one occasion. Um, But now I think it's like some events, I'm just like, I don't want to, I'm not going to enjoy it as much because I have to wear a mask. So I'm not going to put myself in that situation until I can be open and honest, honestly out there where I don't have to wear a mask. So I think that's probably why I just took a hiatus from a lot of stuff, unless it's the area where I can fully socially distance. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, but besides the point, that's not what y'all here for. This is the conversation called PDA or PDA with a question mark. Cause you know, tone and inflection play a major part. On how you go ahead and portray stuff. So PDA or PDA. And um, that's something that honestly. I came about with this concept. uh Probably in my senior year of college. And I was talking to my ex-boyfriend at the time. And I was like yo I'm not big on PDA. Or is it just that I'm not big on PDA. And he's like yo Jess what are you talking about. I'm like yo. Like PDA with public display of affection. Or is it just that I don't want people prying of the display. Or deceitful of you know. Pl- prying of deceitful assholes. And he like. Only you. But then you got to think about it. It is only me because my mind honestly doesn't really, I would say, function like the rest of people's because I don't just look at the surface. I always look at the deeper aspect of what things are and how they go ahead and move about. So for me, it's like. You know, we were an iconic figure on campus or a well-known couple. So, like, people were always trying to pry into our relationship or, like, you know, be deceitful or, like, be assholes. And I'm like, yo, I ain't got time. One at the time, my anger was not the best, okay? Um, if you know me or people who've known me in college, I've had a situation where I had a hand problem. Hand problem means my hands can be kept to myself, which is kind of crazy because I was in a non, uh, no-self-defense so like there's no self-defense law in Delaware which means if you hit somebody even if you're the person that's the victim y'all both get arrested so that's kind of like how that went which is kind of crazy to think about like yo Jess how was you that type of person but you just seem so calm cool and fun that's that Leo rising baby okay the Leo rising makes you think I'm so friend and fun and energetic and lively, which I am. But at the same token, it's kind of just like, mm, yeah, nah, don't try me. Because if you try me, I'll, I'll I'll, show you why you're not. You shouldn't have tried me in the beginning. So and then I've never really been b- but big on PDA. And I could say it's probably because of. My trauma, my trauma as a child, you know, um, I've never seen my parents do PDA. So my mom's never had PDA with any of the boyfriends she had. Everything was kind of closed in-house. And if they did go out where I wasn't involved it was not much of public display of affection where it was holding hands or being up on each other kind of claiming your territory same for her boyfriends maybe her boyfriends had a lot of pda where they're trying to claim their territory and to me i just felt it was toxic but ironically a lot of my mom's boyfriends when i were younger were just full of shit so it was easy for me to see through them so i was like they ain't lasting long and like one of them was really a bum like to the fullest extent of bum but that's besides the point we're not here to talk about my mom's relationships but it's like i've seen how she tolerated a lot of the pda which i I could see she was uncomfortable with. And my mom's a Sagittarius son. So I don't know the rest of her chart, but I'm definitely going to deep delve into it. And I think I did remember, but it's like it was so recent, I don't remember. And like I told you, I'm into astrology. So my my guru or like my my astro mentor is Novi Brown. So like I was literally listening to one of her, her audio she had for, you know, Hidden Enemies in Your 12th House, which... <laughs> child (laughs) says a lot because it really gave me clarity on a lot of people but besides the point I could tell she was uncomfortable with PDA and I've never seen it my grandfather passed away on my mom's side before I was born so I've never seen their PDA but I know they were married for an extended amount like two decades and some change or decades of time where they were married three decades married together and legit were like I the ideal black Working class family Like it was two daughters A mother and a father Two parent household My mom and my aunt Grew up in a two parent household Middle class You know Coming from a mother Who had Nothing but a Third grade education My grandfather was a Paratrooper in World War II Like Literally my grandmother Came from the fields Like they lived in, an out, in Like a shack Where my family Still has standing To this day On a on the road That our family came from And they had an outhouse. house Like my grandmother Was one of, one of eight One of nine So it was like you know, the typical American dream started from the South, migrated to the North type vision, because remember, my grandma was born in 1920. So that was literally at a pivotal time when she was born, where kind of like slavery was just kind of sort of ending. So it was crazy to have your own land, your own property, your own thing. So I don't know how her parents were, but looking at the picture, they look real strict. But I'm sure there was love between my great-great-grandparents and a great- between my grandparents, because My mother and my aunt came from a loving household. They seem to be stable enough. I mean, again, there's always subsiding traumatic things that could have happened that I'm still not aware of. And, again, they were from the generation of baby boomers. Kids are to be seen and not heard. So there probably is a lot that they would never withhold or, like, share with me. But I've heard some stories and I'm like, yo, you wild and she ain't do that. He did that. Nah, that ain't him. Like, but, again, I was not even a twinkle in the nutset. So I can't even say nothing. You feel me? But... You know, my father wasn't... Now, listen. Now, my father is whose relationships I was around the most. Like, given I live with my mom... A lot of her relationships she kept outside of the house. So I wasn't really privy to see a lot of the interaction, except for when I would go with her to her boyfriend's houses or, like, go with her to hang with them for them to be around me. Or they would come to the crib and, like, try to attempt to spend time. Air quotes on that one. My dad is who subjected me to PDA and PDA. Because public displays of affection, my dad hated it. And maybe it's his Aries, his Aries son. Um... My dad hated public displays of affection. That's not his thing. If you his woman, you his woman. You know, you his woman because my dad has this look that he gives us as his daughters, but he also gives like his women like that. I felt like we're kind of like back in the days when he was a little more aggressive and more controlling. Um, Before he simmered down and got married, I feel like my dad was more of the type where it was kind of like, do as I say, not as I do. What I say is what I do, and what I do is what I do, and don't ever question me type vibes. Like that old school, you know what I'm saying? That old school 1950s. You know your place, I know mine. Like, you belong in the kitchen, I belong making the money, you do what you gotta do. Which low-key makes me feel like that's probably the reason why he married the wife he married, because she's very codependent. But again, not gonna go there, because again, y'all know I can go into something and really diverge and make it be a little something-something, and y'all will sit here and be like, "Just this is not the topic. So I'm gonna say that for another day, because now that just gave me a topic I'm gonna talk about in the upcoming season. I don't know when, but I'm gonna talk about it. But, um... It kind of just showed, like, whatever. But then again, I had to think of my dad's past and his upbringing, which probably kind of sort of had an effect on him, um, but fully didn't have an effect on how he treats women. I think it was more so of a power struggle um, with my dad and a lot of the women he dated. Um, So watching my dad's relationships with PDA was crazy because... My dad had no sense of public display of affection. Even in the household, there wasn't public display of affection. Like I think the most i seen when he had girlfriends, because, of course, my dad was that site where he had to have eyes on you. So he would move his girlfriends into the crib. And my dad had a house. He would move his girlfriends into the crib. And he got a three-bedroom house, of course, because my sisters used to live with him. And my dad has his own little den. And then he had the living room or whatever. So, like, it's a three-bedroom house. So... My dad legit had it where he had eyes. So, like, I remember his one girlfriend, he moved in. She had a daughter. Couldn't stand that little bitch, yo. Yo, when I say, like, she was so pressed to have my dad be her dad and be so into the family dynamic with me and my sisters. My sisters can not stand her. I damn sure can't stand the bitch because she took over our old room, which is the room that literally my dad had for some odd reason pink and green with Minnie mouse, pink and green, Minnie mouse trimming across the wallpaper. I'm assuming that's what my sister's like because you know my sisters are like death, like double digits older than me. So I'm assuming that's the room they had. But like she literally took over the whole room and like made put up pictures and stuff as if we didn't have that room prior or we used to stay in that room. And it's kinda like she literally made it her room. And I guess it's common because Her mom was dating our dad, but it's like, bitch, they're not married, so don't get too fucking comfortable. You're here temporarily, okay? You will get... Don't, 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 yeah. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. So, that's kind of how that went. Um, And I think it's because... I don't know if my dad had her live downstairs, because my dad had a two-floor... Um, house, which back in the day, my grandmother and grandfather made it into like a two, a two a mini apartment because my dad and his first wife literally made it their like nest egg. So my grandparents kind of turned it into like a two floor house, family house. Um, so. I think she was either living upstairs in the little mini apartment thing where that was her, her daughter's house or it was downstairs or some of her shit was downstairs in her room. I don't fucking remember. Like, y'all, it was the early 2000s. I was, like, just turning 10, 9 years old when he was around this house. Who was a gold digger, by the way? Um, So, like, I don't remember. But at some point in time, they was always in the apartment so it was like uh uh, it was in the house period so they made themselves real comfortable like to the point my dad would let this bitch smoke in the crib i'm like yo her punani cannot be that fire that you're breaking rules in the house where you do no smoking but your cigars in the crib will you let this whole smoke in the crib pops like what is really on one like what's really good with you but even still, when, like, she would be at the crib, the most PDA I would see is her lay on his shoulder. Like, my dad would never put his arm in. Like, you know the chivalrous shit you would do. Like, put your arm around your lady and, like, hold her hands because y'all in the crib or kiss her on the forehead. My dad would do the most. Like, if he came in the crib, give her a kiss, like, a peck on the cheek, peck on the lips, and that was it. Now, my dad's personal life in the bedroom, don't know, don't care, don't even want to speak about it. My God, today, But I know there had to be some infraction or something something because my dad had a tight And Shorty sure had the out hourglass figure so I know my dad my dad has a thing for shorties like who got hourglass figures because my mom had one (laughs) before she had me so I know my dad has like a certain type of women that he be invested in but also I know my dad is a type where he likes to womanize and manipulate women which I've witnessed my dad to too and it's open for me to like again called Jesse Real Podcast. It's open for me to talk about this because this is my truth. No matter if my dad agrees with it or not, this is my truth. This is what I've seen. This is what I've internalized or experienced. One, as a young daughter, as your youngest daughter, because you got three girls, but two as what I've seen in growing up, which kind of affected me and how I operate in my love life. So my dad was never big on it. And I always felt like it's because my dad had holes. Um, and I would say that only because he has three daughters and one of three boys. So I felt like we were his karma, his karmic energy, having three daughters. Third time was a charm and it was me and it was supposed to be a boy, but he was so excited. And I came out a girl. He was like, yeah, that's not my, that's not my kid. Where's her penis? (laughs) Like, that's not my kid. Y'all told me I was having a boy. So I think that was a pride my dad always wanted again, but I feel again that goes from my dad's traumas of experiences where he was so pressed to have a son because of his upbringing, which I won't expose because that's not my story to tell. But my dad had a a pretty rough childhood, a pretty crazy childhood, which it makes me understand him more, but it let me understand him at a distance where it's like, yes, sir, I got to do you at a distance because you're not battling those demons and you're going to project them onto me to have a, a, a feel like there's a standard or an obligation to older to you as a father when you were a half ass one. So it's just not gonna happen. But nonetheless, like, he was never big on this, on affection. And neither was my mother. And um the same way like parents are like and pda doesn't just go for relationships y'all they also go for like relationships between mother father mother daughter you know like family dynamics like my family doesn't show pda we don't do pda on my dad's side where we show love and affection um it's more so where we do it in the house in our own sacred space because it's something that's acceptable to us and the way that pda is shown with us is cracking jokes and all that other stuff which again comes down to be a mask in reality of how we're able to fully express because we don't know how to express how we show love to each other so constant arguments fights banters disagreements you know that's how we show love because it gives us the time to reconcile to quote unquote talk which never really is a resolve but it masks stuff like right now i'm not gonna hold you with my dad's side of the family i'm at a distance and it's purposely done because the energy drains the fuck out of me Um, I can't go back with the PDA of the toxic of let's argue, fight, come back together, have a conversation and the cycle repeats itself. So if we're having a conversation discussing what's already been discussed, why are we revisiting this thing? Again, where's another situation where there's the occurrence where the energy is off yet again and we're combating towards each other. We're like, now my dad feels like he's stuck in the middle, but it's a whole situation where like I was still communicating with my dad, but not as much as my sister's. And there would still be some type of tether between my father, my sisters, and my our, our dad's wife. Now it's at a point where I don't want to deal with my dad's wife. I don't want to deal with my dad. Um, my sisters, I deal with from a distance. Not because I, ha- I don't like them. Well, never mind. <laughs> not because I don't like them or not because I love them, but I love them and I don't care for the characteristics they display and their attributes. The growth and healing and spiritual journey I've been on, not saying I'm better than them, but I've done the work. I've been working on self. So I've been addressing the, the system or the, the cycles they continue to have that I'm like, I'm no longer a part of that. I'm breaking it. The generational curses, I'm breaking it. So the PDA is something that I'm trying to get into, even though it's not really me, because physical touch, I have a 0% as my love languages. Yes, child, 0%. You couldn't even catch me if you wanted to touch me. And if I let you touch me, it's because I really, really rock with you. But I don't do physical touching. Again, that might be because of the whole rape situation. Like, I don't want nobody touching me. Don't touch me without my permission. And you know what? Amanda still said it best. Learn to start asking permission before touching people. Or was it Novi Brown? One of the two of the queens said it. Learn to ask permission before touching people. And I want to say it's Novi because I've seen it on Twitter. But learn to ask permission before touching someone. Because you don't know what that triggers or what that can be. Like me, I don't do well with men touching me if I don't really fucking know you. Don't touch me. I don't do well with females touching me either like that. Because, again, that probably comes to my perception of having the dominant personality with females. Because of how assertive I am and how my energy comes off very assertive and very distinguished as, I'm in control. I'm alpha female. So I don't do well with that. So when it comes to watching my father not do physical touch kind of thing or my mom or the, you know, the certain love languages or attributes where you show affection, a public display of affection, it doesn't resonate with me in my love life. And I think that's where people get the the disconnection that just because you had a PDA with a relationship is all people think about when they think of PDA. Excuse me, but they never think of the PDA as childhood. And normally, what our, happens in our childhood affects us in our adulthood. So, PDA wasn't home where my mom would hold my hand crossing the street. She'd be like, cross the street, be mindful, stay close to me. Or, like, um, I would hold my mom's hand, but it'd be like for a picture. Or, like, um, maybe it was me, my hand crossing the street. Or, hold my hand because of my mom's picture. Or, my mom would give me a kiss on the cheek and tell me, you know, good night. Or, my mom would kiss me on the cheek before I went someplace. Or, you know you know, or even say, I love you. Okay. So there, there, there's another thing, a PDA. I love you. I can't say I love you to somebody. I don't know what it is, but I haven't in the relationships I've been in, in my past life, of in the past years I've been on earth or been in relationships. I'm not the type to say, I love you in a public setting. I just feel like it's weird. It's awkward. It's awkward as fuck to me. It's awkward as hell. I don't know why, but again, it might go back to my mom never telling me I love you. Um, to my face. Now get don't now don't get me wrong. My mom and my dad never said love you or I love you to my face, right? It was never a physical thing where I was able to feel an impo- a a palpable it was not a palpable feelings I had when my parents attempted to say it to me you know in my face so I don't know how it feels that goes for anybody in my family I don't know how it feels outside of my nieces and nephews because I've been the type to tell them in person because I don't feel like I got it much from their their mothers and my my parents or my my family in direct where they say I love you to me in person to actually see and read those lips read their lips to hear the word or hear the words I love you as opposed to being in a text like I love you or my parents don't even do that they'll be like love you or like on the phone they'll be like love you or, you know, that kind of thing. It's weird to me because I feel like that I and I love you is very important to say. Because I feel like it's you standing your ground saying I, me, myself, I, I love you. I have compassion for you. I care for you. I have affection for you. And not hearing that made me more of a disdain to want to not have that implemented factor. where people say to me in my relationships. I'm like, like yo, just because somebody said I love you, too, like you can ask anybody I've been in a relationship with. They said I love you to me. I probably didn't say it right, say it back to them right away, and they probably felt the way about it. But it's like I'm not going to say it because you said it, and if I don't mean it, I'm not going to say it. But when I say it, you'll know I genuinely mean it. So when I said it, I'll say it in a text message or that kind of thing, or over the phone. But it's been rare I said it in public, and I'm like, damn, am I re recycling the same past mess I used to do or experience as a child that my parents showed me, like? what's so bad about saying I love you? Or what's so bad about showing I love you in public? So like my dad and my mom, unfortunately, PDA for them was material things. And I think I picked up on that concept where I gift give because that's what their way of showing their public display of affection was buy me the New Jordans or buy me what I asked for because I was not, again, one of those menacing kids where I was always in APA courses. I was in honors. I was always active. I was a well-rounded kid but emotionally i was fucked up i can honestly look back now like i was a fucked up emotional child because a lot of the transgenerational toxicity was passed down to me on holding your feelings what happens in this house stays in this house don't do too much don't you know don't give people too much you know no expectations leads to no disappointments which literally is toxic as fuck because if you literally have no expectation of anything and all you think is going to be the reward of disappointment, you know how self-sabotaging that is of your, your faith, your mindset, your mental, your spiritual, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it plays so many factors. So it's like, that's what I was brought into. That was what I was raised into. And for me, it's just like, yo, I brought that into my love life, which is why PDA was not a thing, which is why probably a lot of my relationships were self-sabotaged, which is probably why domestic violence relationships were acceptable to me because that's what I felt was a form of love and affection because arguing, again, back arguing and fighting and making up is what I... I seen in my family when it came to disagreements or what I had with my sisters you know what I'm saying so like a lot of what happens in your childhood if you think back and look at your childhood and look at the way affection was shown off to you it probably wasn't in the best way possible in a black household especially in the 90s um so that's kind of where it comes off in like public display of affection for me is kind of not how it is and then you have the prying of display of this you know the pry you know deceitful assholes where it's like the prying of deceitful assholes like again back to my relationship with my ex and my other ex you know a couple of my exes and my ex-fiance people would pry and be in our relationship because when we were two females femme females in a relationship where people would pry and be like oh you're too pretty to be with a girl or oh, you're too pretty to like females or why would you want to be gay like insulting to make it be deceitful as if we don't deserve to be with each other because our hearts are connected at this present moment and that's where my soul tie was so it's kind of like what the hell do you mean so it's like people would pry and be like to find a ways to try to make us go at each other or find ways to make it so that we would have you know, something we would second-guess our connection with each other, like, and and there would be point in times where, like, people from my ex-fiance would literally be planting bugs in her ear, trying to deter me from her being in a relationship with me, or even us being engaged, when it was like, you was the main one smiling at my face, ready to propose to this girl, but now, all of a sudden, you're gonna sit here and tell me that I don't, you know, you feel like she shouldn't be with me, and then y'all are holding the secret of the girl messing back with her ex-boyfriend behind my back but you knew this whole time but still smiling in my face you know what I'm saying like but pushing her to have that conversation with him and opening the door of friendship like why would you do that knowing she's engaged and why would you make that think that it's acceptable so it's like I feel like they pride and they were being assholes because it's like you're still smiling in my face and some people kind of don't want to see you happy because they don't have that happiness for themselves Some people don't want to see you progress in love and light because your love and light shine so bright that it dims theirs. And they're like, yo, I wish I had that. But since I can't have that, let me sabotage somebody else's shit. Like, I know people that are like that. Like, I know people even outside, like, you have PDA in your friendships where public display of affection, like, where I can hug all my friends or, like, show love or, like, kiss them on the cheek or be like, you know, blase blah. I used to not be able to do that. I'd be like, yo, don't touch me. Don't I know we cool, like dap it up type vibes because gun one, me being bisexual. I want nobody thinking that you with me because I was that not closeted but so self-conscious of others' perception of me. But at the same token, it's just like, yo, I'm not into that. Like, don't touch me. But now it's a little different. I'll tell my friends, like, I love you. I love you too. Like, we'll be on the phone and I'll say that too. Like, like I me and my homegirl Zara, we say it all the time. And if I there's one person that's taught me that PDA is something that is okay to do, it would have to be my tribe. Zara Clay. Keisha they've literally showed me that showing love and affection is not always bad and it's not something that you should be ashamed of to show your friends you love them because you're gonna be the main one crying when something happens to them god forbid and they're no longer on the earth to appreciate the fact that their presence was a present and it was a gift when you think about life like that in that perspective, it really makes you think like, yo, is PDA really as bad as we make it seem sometimes? Or is it just the fact that it's more of a societal norm of where we feel like there's a certain level of adherence to PDA that we're supposed to subside to before we're able to be conjunct to what's acceptable for us? You see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's literally an ideology. And everybody has their own ideology of what they feel is perfected to be of PDA. So my friends are what sh- allow me to enhance my PDA because a lot of them don't do the prying deceitful asshole shit. There were people that I i.e. I- family members, where they're deceitful and they're assholes, where it's just like you're prying into my life and my business, not because you care, but because you legit want to know what ammo you could use in your back pocket to run your mouth to somebody else to gossip or run your mouth and hold it against me so that you can use it or have a way of trying to make yourself feel inferior. And I know a person like that who really withholds information to make them feel superior and makes others feel inferior for them to make make their situation feel coaxed as if they're not in a fucked up position in life right now. And you guess what? Ain't nothing come from it where there's elevation and growth for them, where they're still stuck stagnant like a rocking chair where they are because their PDA is so instrumented and programs where there's a reward at the end which is to make them feel like their shit is good and it don't stink and make them love themselves better by fucking deteriorating somebody else's somebody else's confidence like that shit is trash to me like I can't be around people like that no more like I really and it's crazy because like like I've read something I think it was on Salisha's page um she baited on her IG store and it was like the older you get the less, your, the less your the less your sight the less your vision deterior, the weaker your vision becomes but the more open you are to be able to see through bullshit i wholeheartedly stand by that statement and i feel like a lot of people feel because as you get older you get wiser because that's an old folktale but i feel like the more you heal the wiser you become and I say that because a lot of people who are now just now therapy, who are like in the generation prior, like generation X, like Amanda's generation and my sister's generation and like the baby boomers and like all of them, like they go to therapy at such a later age where like your wisdom comes with your age or they think because they've asked or experienced life some way that that becomes their wisdom. But it's never a factor of if you would have started the healing sooner, how far would you have progressed? So I feel like if I would have started my healing sooner at a younger age, which I like a lot of white people do, put their kids in therapy when they have divorces, they put their kids in therapy right away where it's not an inquisition to hold off because they know it's going to be a traumatic change. What if that would have happened with me when my parents literally decided they were going to break up, even though it was like at a young age of me being three, but knew they had to co-parent and they were going to put the courts involved into the whole process where my literally my name became a dollar amount or a value to my father outside of just the emotional stability I would have, like it literally became a price point. Like $86 a week was a price point for my father, as opposed to buying Jordans. That was a price point for my father to feel like his PDA was succe- was acceptable and it was sufficient. My mom felt like putting me in activities, making me well-versed was a way of showing she loved me by letting me, you know, be in different activities that kept me busy but to me it really was a negligence for me because emotionally i was nowhere prepared to know how to deal with co-parenting i was nowhere prepared to know how to face the realities of what's it like when i have to let's say god forbid co-parent or i have to be in a relationship or deal with somebody for the rest of my life in some form or capacity where there has to be a, a, a form of cordial pda done but there's pda nonetheless to show Hey, yo, I want her to know we still cool. Like, it took until I was about 29, which was on my 29th birthday. My dad came by the crib before he moved. This was before he moved to Philly. And my dad came by the crib to show you know show birthday love because he went out on my birthday. My dad came by the crib. Or was it my 27th birthday? I think it was my 27th birthday. My dad came by the crib. That was the first time, y'all, in my whole entire life i ever seen my one my dad normally used to drop me off and i would walk in the house and he'll wait till i get in the crib whenever i would be my dad growing up or like go visit and vice versa for my mom it would never be no real interaction outside of him being outside the car if he was working on his car in the driveway my dad my mom have a little brief conversation say what's up to him as homeboys my, my dad would do the same if my mom was outside talking to his people like brief conversation like keep it cordial but this is the first time my dad ever instead of just dropping me off he came inside y'all And literally busted it up. I've never seen my parents chop it up and really have like a friendship and conversation. It took 27 years for me to witness something like that. Do you know how impactful that was on me? That was when I literally thought at my 27th birthday, I have to start doing more work on my inner healing and my child because watching them be able to coexist in the same proximity, literally close proximity. And I think I recorded that video because I was like, yo, I've never seen both of my parents being the same Area where they can literally they literally have like a 20-30 minute conversation before my dad dipped and they literally are just talking it was so refreshing to see that it was no dysfunction because that's what I was used to seeing even though I didn't see it I heard it and hearing it was enough for me to feel it because I, I felt those emotions because I'm an empath it was so rewarding to watch even though it took me to my adulthood it was like yo sometimes pdf cordiality is not so bad I don't know if cordiality is a, is a word But either way, it's going to be a word today. Um, It was just cool to see like there is a way of progression where when it happens, you can't say. But it's possible if you literally make those lines of communication open. And that's where I feel like it may so also, which it was literally nine years later, because I think I had just graduated my master's and my dad was literally just coming back into my life. It showed that progress is a slow process sometimes and experience doesn't always take to understand PDA, but at the same token it allows you to make note of what is possible. So that for me was dope. So that showed me like, yo, I can always I can be this type of person or I could do this now with my sisters, which I do now with my sisters and my dad, where I could be in the same vicinity and we can cool kick it kiki. Key key. But emotionally I will never let you have access because you don't deserve it because it's draining. And second of all, you're not willing to give majority of yourself and be willing to meet me halfway in this relationship. So I can't give you but what I'm able to give because I can only meet you where you're able to provide and I can't overexhort myself. And I feel like that's what we do sometimes in relationships. We overexhort ourselves. We try to... Make up in areas where we feel we lack, not knowing if the person's love language is receptive. Like if you're trying to sit here and gift and the person likes words of affirmation or acts of service, you're overcompensating, exhorting to where you're pushing yourself onto them to make a PDA where they're not welcoming of it. They're not, they're going to, you know what I'm saying? And I always feel like, like they say, you have to be, be compromise or come to a consensus because some things your partner is going to do that you don't like or you know what I'm saying you got to be you know reasonable in everybody's language because it's not the same but at the same token I just feel like it has to be a compromise it has to be a mutual understanding and agreement for that PDA to not overstep a boundary where you're disrupting a personal boundary this person has set if that makes sense you know what I'm saying excuse me makes sense so that's kind of where I'm at in that perspective and I just feel like it's it, it goes right it it goes it goes in into different perspectives, and it's simple to me. What I've always thought of it as when I was writing this out, like literally nine years ago, is it's simple how to keep a happy home in your relationship. The less PDA, then the less of PDA. Don't air the public so that people cannot pry into something they don't need to know. Don't display a relationship to want your trophy, then deceitful people won't have anything to aim for. Keep affection intimate, then assholes have no reason to think anything could ever go wrong the less public display of affection the less prime deceitful assholes trying to enter your happy home now for me this is my deception this is my perception of pda i go by what i literally wrote nine years ago at 22 years old and it still applies but in a tweak of an aspect where i'm a little more open um because your happy home is you your happy home is where you reside where you let your emotions and you're emotionally naked, where you're able to just have your aura and your presence, um, and then if you don't open the door, but so much to allow people in into certain aspects, then I just feel like there's no need to worry about, you know, have people have nothing to aim for. I feel like I'm transparent on this podcast, yes, but there's a lot y'all don't know because not that I'm trying to keep it from y'all, but there's some things that are meant for me to keep for me to keep in my home, like. Nobody knows if I'm in a relationship. Nobody knows if I'm dating. Nobody knows if I'm engaged. Nobody knows if it's complicated. Why? Because it's a choice. I feel like my love life is not meant to be put on display. I feel like my love life is something where if I wanted to display it, it will be displayed. Nobody knows if it's an existing love life or non existent You will never know because why? It's not meant for the world to see. Now, there's only two people who know if there's an existent or non-existent love life. They're the only ones that could attest to it. And I, listen, people think it's non-existent, so I'm going to let you think what you think. But then if there's not much for me to provide for you, there's not much to aim for. You see what I'm saying? So the deceit doesn't have to be a big factor on the forefront of your mind where you forget about the affection that you're supposed to be giving to whomever or whatever you're giving it to. Um, whether it be your partner, whether it be your family, whether it be, you know, a friendship, you're able to know because it won't be that much aim because you're not giving way too much, which again, comes to the aspect of what we said with being socially awkward or socially aware. Social media has taken over. There's no way around it. There's no way possible. So in reality, what happens with that is you have the mindset of thinking that something has to be you know shown because if you if they don't see it then it doesn't exist that's not the case and i feel like that's what social media has done if you if you don't see it, it doesn't exist so what i love are people that i literally admire that are public figures they keep it cute amanda keeps it cute we know she got a boyfriend we know she got a man we know they moved into each other they got a house she never tags him i ain't mad at you says hold your own but it's like, she'll show him occasionally. So it's just like, you know, I want to show off my flex. Like, I got my dude. Like, and I ain't mad at her. But will we ever know the inside details? No, which I fucking love. Give us just, she gives us just enough and let's us have the mind wander. But she doesn't display him enough where there's enough for people to pry and get into the relationship. You know what I'm saying? Kind of how it is right now, okay, with Ty Young and Mimi. Ty Young and Mimi been kicking it heavy for like the last couple months. We all know that if I don't know if you don't know, but she was on Tammy Roman's um, Get Into a Show and she expressed that to Mimi expressed that she pretty much broke up with Ty because she didn't want to get married and she didn't really want to be engaged because marriage was not what she wanted to do. She didn't see herself marrying Ty. Okay, cool. Now I kept that in my schema. I know this information. So to see them together and hanging out where she was with her on her trip for her birthday or they've been kicking it and showing up to parties and stuff together and being real affectionate. That ain't for me to question. Because again, that's Ty Life's Ty business. That's her Ty, Ty Mimi's business. But as a public figure, you know, the world's going to prime be into your business, which i seen Ty posting some shit like she had to block people. I personally feel reconciliation is possible. If they're meant to be together, they're meant to be together. If they're meant to show affection and end up getting back together, that's their business. As long as for them is they're happy, but not everybody's in that mindset. Some people want to aim for deceit to try to break it down. Like, oh, you don't remember when she said this? Or you remember when she didn't want to be married to you? So why does anyone take her back? Which is why she posted a post and was like, yeah, they say I'm crazy for fucking with you again. Again, there's no something solid for us to know that they're officially back together. But you could tell there's a vibe there. And again, that's not for the public to decide. That's the affection they want to show. That's their business. Same goes for, um, who else is another person? Novi Brown. She shows her boyfriend every once in a blue. It's not often. It's just enough. We know she's in a relationship. We know she got a man. But anything that happens outside of that is not something that we bring to the forefront if there's an issue. like If there's a discrepancy or a conflict, we will never know. Now, Brat and Judy, love Brat. Love her dearly. That's one of my fave MCs. Brett and Judy. Brett loves Judy. It was nice to see a display of affection because of what of the standard was because we have yet to see two females have their own show to show love and affection, especially as public figures. Respect it. But a lot of what was going on should have been kept, I personally feel, in-house. Like, the discrepancy of, you know... Brat and, okay, it goes back again to even dynamics with with, with with family members. Brat and Lisa Ray's display of affection, how it was on, you know, uh, Cocktails with the Queens, when on Lisa Ray's birthday last year in 2020, she had a whole blow up and pretty much called Shantae out. Shantae being the Brat. Called Shantae out, just doing the most for the whole world to see. And then, you know, it was public criticism, nonstop with comments, because it was exposed to the World Wide Web for everybody to be able to tap in given that their relationship is strong and they have their own thing, but I feel like that caused a little bit of a riff in the distance to put a hesitation on them reconciling because it was in the public eye. Brad loves Judy. It's the same way. Like There's some things I feel like need to be kept private. And I feel like when it comes to Judy, it's more of an open thing where she just likes, you know, to express where I feel like Brat is a little bit more reserved where it's kind of like, I like to keep some things in house because how long did we not know that Brat, well, I mean, we had an idea, but where was, where was no confirmation of Brat being into women, um, officially until Judy came. And it wasn't that much of a public display of affection, i.e. Judy buying her, you know, the, the Maybach and, you know, the Slingshot and all this other stuff. Like, it was not that much public display of affection until Judy came around. So when Brat Loves Judy came around, we got to see a different side of Brat because that's something we've been waiting and longing to see for years, for decades. And now it takes this one person to bring it out. But, you know, at the same time, it's a downfall because... Some things I felt in their home should have been kept in their home. But that's my perspective. That's, again, my opinion. Not saying they're wrong for how they share it, They do it, they how they want to do it. But, again, we're speaking on my perspective of what works for me. That works for them. That's their business. But, again, I, I don't do well with that. Selena is another person. Y'all know I love Selena. Selena has her whole husband, Kiwan. Kiwan. They'll do cute things occasionally, like with date nights and stuff. But it ain't much where she's over here put, putting Kiwan out there. And I think that's also from the fact that she was on Marriage Boot Camp Reality Stars, her and Tammy Roman, where you don't see Reggie out here. You know, Tammy doing a lot with Reggie, putting out the most and just expressing so much, blah, 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 where it's enough for the people because they've been in the public eye, where they've got gained enough wisdom and knowledge to know that World Wide Web, this social media thing, can literally fuck up your shit. Like, how often do we not see... People in relationships where they're like breaking up or they're no longer together and they got to publicize by throwing shots at each other on social media. And then you got screenshots and this tabloid picks it up and this tabloid like it's messy. It's messy as fuck and it's unnecessary. But if you move in silence like the G and lasagna, keep some things in house. Then be good. Like there's that. I was going to say something more, but I don't want to tell y'all because it's none of y'all business because I don't feel like sharing it. (laughs) But. To have a person, if you do have a person or know a person who doesn't do social media or not that big on it, the easiest way for me is like, oh, damn, if I post you... Nobody's gonna be able to at you because you don't do social media or X, Y, and Z. But again, now being close friends, but even close friends, I don't know. But I just feel like it, it. Your home is something you have to gatekeep. It's sacred because, like your home in real life, you're not just letting anybody into your space because that's where you lay your head. That's where your energy is. That's where your time and your your personal naked emotional feelings are being conveyed. Where you just feel in a safe space. And I feel that's the same way when it comes to PDA. So when you have PDA, public display of, of affection over, you know, prying, deceitful assholes, you got to choose your PDA wisely. Do you want the prying, or do you want to go ahead and just show whatever you want to show, but show it in a way where it works for you, as opposed to showing the way where society wants you to show it? Again, that's just my take. But hey, PDA or PDA, it's your choice. Just be mindful. So I feel like in reality, sometimes we have a cheat code and there's a cheat code on how to be able to deal with our partners and deal with our people in our lives in general, when it comes to relationships with PDA, but how you go about it, there's always a way that works sufficient for yourself. So just be mindful. Never forget it. As I say on air, let's always keep it real. And I always remind y'all, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. I will catch y'all on the flip and choose y'all PDA wisely. I'm going to say it again. Love y'all, peace and blessings. Oh know you're probably creeping on a low. I really can't say cause I don't know. Oh no, how could you be so? How do you sleep? Oh what do you leave off? You learn the cheat I'm to see seafloor. silly me oh You learn the cheat I'm on the